Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season three, episode three of The Vampire Diaries, which is called The End of the Affair. And who knew that this would be a comedy episode? (laughs) (laughs) I told you when we were discussing why Klaus wanted Stefan, that the answer would be goofy. And goofy it was. I mean, you clocked something early on about Klaus that I think this episode highlights, and we'll see if it continues to be highlighted over the course of the show, who can say, is that, yes, Klaus is like a villain and he's evil and he kills people, but he is deeply, deeply insecure. And he just seems to like, even though he's like, love is stupid. Why waste your time on love? Sigh. It's like, okay, you sound like you want to, though. He's like, friendships don't mean anything. But Stefan says, I'm glad I met you one time. And he has a master plan to get Stefan to travel with him. He had one person be like, you know what? I'm happy I met you. And he said, okay, I will spend the next 80 years finding you and getting you to hang out with me again. By any means necessary. It just goes to show. It doesn't matter how powerful you are. It all comes from within. It just goes to show, ladies, if he wanted to, he would, okay? <laughs> yeah, literally. One thing about Klaus is he will get his way, even if his way is dumb. Even if his way is hanging out with his friend. And it's so funny because it's like, Klaus, you could just be like a little bit more likable and not try to kill everyone you meet. And then he kills the person who tells him that. He's like, no, that can't be it. He's like, if someone really, really liked me, they would be okay with this, though. And the person's like, but, but they can't say anything because their hearts are crossed the room. Yeah. <laughs> Let's dive into this hysterical, incredible episode. So as always, we will start with the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. Klaus and Stefan arrive in Chicago, where Stefan is reunited with a vampire who hasn't really moved on from her interest in him decades earlier. Well, how could she? She was dead the whole time. <laughs> Whatever. In a flashback to Chicago in the 1920s, Stefan comes face to face with a shocking chapter from his wild past. After Damon gets a tip on Stefan and Klaus's whereabouts from an unexpected source, he and Elena follow their trail. Back in Mystic Falls, Tyler is concerned about Caroline and turns to share Forbes for help. You get so much fun from the Stefan Klaus angle that you kind of forget about the very real stressful time that Caroline goes through that seemingly no one is concerned about because I guess they don't know, but still. Exactly. But we open the episode at the Salvatore house. It's the middle of the day. So naturally, Damon is pouring himself a glass of bourbon, but he gets oh so rudely interrupted by a phone call from an unknown caller. He picks up and it's Catherine. She says, miss me. And he says, hey, where are you? And she pretty much deflects. She says, oh, I'm homesick. Like, what did I miss? He does give her a quick recap. He says, well, Stefan is still Klaus's prisoner. Elena is still convinced she can save him. And no one has thought about you since you left. And she said, well, okay, I know that last part's not true. Yeah, she said that can't possibly be true. And of course, she's in this phone booth. Her hair and weave almost fills the entire phone booth. (laughs) They give her so many extensions as Catherine. They said, this is not Elena. Don't even think. Yeah. Catherine says, what about you? Now that you've given up on your brother, I'm sure you're plotting your move in on Elena. And Damon says, okay, I'm not going to even address that. I didn't give up on Stefan. I just don't know where he is. And Catherine says, hmm. Catherine's like, hee 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 hee. I know something you don't. (laughs) And Damon says, 
but you know where they are, don't you? And she says, oh my God, like a hybrid who wants me dead and his off the oil sidekick. Mm, I couldn't be further away. That could not be me. Wink. <laughs> Damon says, so you must know exactly where they are. Like, no, duh. That's in her best interest to know exactly where they are. Yeah. She has the capability to do that. She's smarter than she was when she was running from Klaus the first time. Yeah, she has all this information. She's been tracking Klaus this whole time to avoid him. Obviously, she knows how to do this. And you can imagine it's only easier with Stefan there. Catherine mentions to Damon that what she's heard is that Klaus was really upset that his hybrids didn't work and he's looking for answers. And she found that out because after she spent 500 years running, she's got some people looking out for her. She doesn't elaborate on who. And she says, you know, she's conflicted about whether or not she wants to look out for Stefan. And Damon asks her where they are. And we cut over to Stefan and Klaus to learn where they are. Klaus says, welcome back to Chicago. Chicago! Chicago! (laughs) It's the Windy City. Klaus says, you know, from the old Ripper days. And Stefan says, yeah, I, I blocked most of it out. The blood, the purting, it was all a blur. And Klaus says, that's a shame. Details make legends. And Stefan, of course, is talking about his time on the improv circuit. (laughs) Stefan says, well, yeah, I'm an alumni of the Second City. And Klaus (laughs) says, I know. You talk about it all the time. (laughs) Klaus like, I know. We took an improv class together. That's how we met. Stefan says, I'm so excited to get back in town to take some classes, really work that muscle again. Yeah. So that's a little inside baseball improv talk. Listeners who don't know, I do improv comedy, so I just had to make a little Chicago improv joke on my podcast. I would pay so much money to see Stefan try to do improv. The best thing is if Klaus did improv, it would be exactly the scene from The Office where Michael Scott does improv, where every scene he takes out a gun. Klaus would come out every time and do a new accent and be like, I'm going to kill you. And the teacher would be like, okay, um, not very funny. And Stefan would be like in the corner, like, he's not giving me anything. He's not yes anding. It would be literally in the office when he's like, okay, I need some volunteers to be in a scene. Klaus raises his hand, they call him Klaus, and everybody else's hands go down. They're like, no. (laughs) They're like, that dude is bad. And if anyone walks in and does a scene with Stefan, he he doesn't want anyone else to do a scene with Stefan, so he like pushes them out of the way. He says, freeze. As soon as someone says one word with Stefan, he's like, um, I'm going to take their spot. And they're like, no, you can't do every scene with Stefan. <laughs> so anyway, they're excited to be back in Chicago. Klaus says, you know, details make legends. And we do our first flashback to the 1920s and softly over the speakers, a little party never killed nobody plays. A little party never killed nobody. So we gonna I do feel inclined to mention, you know, the 20s we've talked about on the podcast before. We talked about how people who dress up as flappers for Halloween are picnic girls. Klaus has mentioned that he loved the 20s before. So it was inevitable that we were going to go to the 20s at some point, And we're here. It's easy to understand why we would. I mean, it's a period of indulgence. We know Stefan has indulged in the past. We know Klaus is the king of indulgence because he fills that gaping, gaping void that friends have left. So it makes sense that we would go to the 20s. This is at the time when, I mean, the Great Gatsby is always popular. So I'm not going to pretend it's like this was the height of the Great Gatsby's popularity. 
to me, it was probably because we were in high school and reading The Great Gatsby. And this is around the same time the Baz Luhrmann Great Gatsby with Leonardo DiCaprio came out. Just to give you a sense of timeline, this episode originally aired September 29th, 2011, and the Baz Luhrmann Great Gatsby came out May 1st, 2013. Baz Luhrmann watched this and said, oh, I have an idea. (laughs) He said, I know what my next flick is going to (laughs) be. So this was in the Yossification of Jay Gatsby era. I think Gatsby becomes very popular with high school students. I don't really know why. I think it's because it's the book you read that is like the least boring. Yeah. And there's always a movie to watch of it. And everyone's kind of into the 20s as a general idea anyway. Yeah, I think people are less into the 20s now. Well, yeah. (laughs) Everyone's like, the 20s are going to be a new roaring 20s. Mama, it is not. Mama, it is the Great Depression. (laughs) We just skipped it. But I do think like high schoolers get really into it. And then every teen drama at least has some version of a flapper look at some point or another because it's popular with high school students. So I feel like it felt like it was the height because we were in high school and this was coming out at the time. Yeah. But there is just like such a such a big support for Gatsby from the high school students of the time. And, you know, some people hold that flame for a lot longer. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the issue. Like Klaus. <laughs> if you dress as a flapper in high school, whatever, I get it. It's cute. You're looking for a cute outfit. Well, you're leaning into interests that are classic, you know? That's like It's like the old soul type thing. Yes. You're like, oh my God, I was born in the wrong generation. I was born in the right generation. I could not have lived in a generation where alcohol was illegal. Yeah, I don't have the energy to go hunt it down. I barely have the energy to go buy alcohol. And I live two blocks away from a Rite Aid. So I could not have lived in that time. I also do like having a phone. Me personally, I like my little games. And and I'm not just playing crafts at a casino. I want to play 2048. And last, but certainly not least, I cannot pull off a bob. So we go back to the 1920s and Klaus narrates Stefan's life, which at this point you said, why is Klaus so obsessed with Stefan? Yeah. We learn later. I was like, Klaus is like really aware of where Stefan has been. Like Klaus says that, you know, the word is that the Ripper of Monterey got lonely and he came to the Windy City again for the improv. It was prohibition. The 20s were doing some setups of exposition. A little party never killed no. Stefan is with a lady in a car and they want us to believe they're having sex, but surprise, surprise, he's murdering her in cold blood. (laughs) Which like, yeah, that's all he fucking did. That's what he's known for at this time. It would be more shocking if he was having sex with her. If he left and she was alive, I'd be like, that's weird. (laughs) So then she is dead in the backseat of a car. He takes a flower out of her hair and puts it on his lapel. Cute move. And Stefan goes into a speakeasy, of course, we later learn is Gloria's. Gloria is singing up front as she does in a white wig that is just a crime to that poor actress. Yeah, they spent all this money on these nice dresses and they said, oh shit, we need to buy one more wig though. And we have $4 left in the budget. Okay, Gloria, sorry about it. She said, I could just have my regular hair. And they said, no. They said, no, it has to be white. And it can't look like it's not a wig. Yeah, it has to look like a wig. (laughs) It has to look as wiggy as possible. (laughs) So there's drinks, there's parties. It's the classic 1920s exposition shot. We know what we're getting. It's very much a little party. Never killed nobody. A little party never killed nobody. 
very much the music that everyone's doing the Charleston. Yeah. Charlie Chaplin's there. <laughs> Charlie Chaplin's <laughs> doing a little comedy routine in the corner. Yeah. And Gloria on stage says, oh, looking for a good time, Mr. Salvatore. And Stefan says, save me a dance, Gloria. Uh-huh. And then he goes to get himself a martini, but a woman snatches it from him. And who is the woman but beautiful, blonde, bombshell, Claire Holt, who you knew was coming to this show. So she's here. Claire Holt, we've brushed over before, but she has been on Pretty Little Liars. She's also known for being an H2O Just Add Water. She's a prolific actress. And we know from later in the episode that her name on this show is Rebecca. So they flirt a little bit. And then she says, hey, by the way, you've got blood on your lips still, King. And she tells him that by licking it off his lips. It's very sexy. She's like, oh, this is my move. I'm ready. And so we know at that point she's a vampire. And when we saw that, you wanted me to know, and I think you might have predicted this on Mike before, that you were suspicious that she was an original and have been. Yeah. And we get that confirmed this episode. Yeah, I felt pretty confident that she was an original. I think partially this is because I've seen promo shots of her with Klaus, which doesn't necessarily mean original, but I was like, at this point, we're in kind of originals land. That's probably who we're going to meet in terms of new characters yeah. for a little bit. And Stefan says, who are you? And she says, shush, and then walks away. She says, none ya. <laughs> then we go back to present day where Stefan is looking out at the skyline. And Klaus says, Chicago was magical. And Stefan says, yeah, I'm going to have to take your word for it because I don't remember much of it, like I already told you. Yeah, he's like, sure, I guess. And Klaus says, oh, okay, so you just want to get right down to business then. We can't like reminisce on the thing I compelled you to forget. <laughs> yeah, like our friendship wasn't strong enough for it to beat compulsion. That's kind of rude. Yeah. Like if you were really my friend, you would have not been able to be compelled because you would have loved me so much. Yeah. And Stefan says, hey, can I ask like why we're still doing this? We had our fun. The hybrids didn't work. Isn't it time for us both to move on with our lives? And Klaus says, no. <laughs> Klaus is like, uh, why would we move on? I don't understand. Klaus says, but we're best friends. Klaus says, you're my brother now. <laughs> Klaus says, you know, we're here to see my favorite witch. She's going to know what to do about the hybrids. And Stefan says, gulp. Stefan says, she better not figure some stuff out, I tell you. <laughs> he says, she better not know how to deal with the hybrids. <laughs> and speaking of how to deal with the hybrids and the reason they fail, perhaps, we go over to the Gilbert house. <laughs> <laughs> Elena wakes up and Damon is laying in her bed. She, you know, like cuddles with him for a second. And then she's ah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, hey, I didn't know you were there. And she says, get out. He says, oh, you were dreaming of me. That's why you're drooling. Ha ha ha. And she said, okay, can you get out of my bed? She's like, what are you fucking doing here? He said, it is six in the morning. Do you have nothing better to do? And the answer, of course, is yes. Damon has no hobbies except drinking bourbon and being in love with Elena. Yeah. What else is he going to do? Talk to his brother? No, <laughs> he's not around. He's lonely. <laughs> Damon says, fine, whatever. If you don't want to come with me to bring Stefan home, you don't have to. And she says, what? Stefan? She says, okay, you got me there. He said, interest peaked. And he says, he's in Chicago. And she says, how do you know that? And he says, oh, it came to me in a dream. And Elena doesn't ask anything. She's like, okay. There's also a couple, this is the first of a, a few, like oddly sexual things that Damon says, more so than usual. 
in this one, he says, oh, in this dream, I was naked. You would have loved it, which is weird. Yeah, I don't really know why they're doing that. I think they're trying to find this fine line of sexiness because they haven't really been going like heavy sexy. Well, and Damon has made comments about like this kind of thing before. But for some reason, the jokes in this episode do not work. They all go like a little bit too far, even for 2011. Yeah, it's all a little bit like, okay, you guys like, you don't have to do that much. Like we get, he's like a player. Yeah. Like we understand the character. You you don't really need to do all this. And so that was the first of them. There's going to be another one in just a second. Yeah. Elena's like, why is he in Chicago? And Damon says, well, he's not there to meet Oprah. Ha 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 ha. But he doesn't clarify why he's there or if he's okay. Instead, what Damon does is go through Elena's underwear drawer and then tells her to pack like a red lacy pair of underwear. It is weird, even for Damon, even for 2011. It's like, uh, she just turned 18, creep. That's a little creepy, buddy. Maybe keep that one to yourself. Cut that one out. But, you know, whatever. And then we go to the cellar. Speaking of uncomfortable, Caroline is still chained to her chair. And she says, hey, dad, you coming? And some gas starts coming in the vents. We later learn it's Vervain. It weakens her. Yeah, we can guess it's Vervain because she starts to kind of cough. And and what else would be, they be pumping into this cell, honestly? Yeah. It's, it's Vervain. Her dad enters and he says, hey, I am so sorry this happened to you. But real quick, how do you walk in the sunlight? And I'm sorry, Miss Caroline, keep that shit to yourself. This is something that Stefan and Damon did very well early on. They told no one how they walked in the sunlight. They did not tell a single solitary soul. They did not pass on that tactic to Caroline. And unfortunately, I think Caroline is kind of also in this place where she's like, well, this is my dad. And my mom came around, so maybe. But she should have just been like, oh, there's like a spell broken. That's not actually a limit anymore. Yeah, we broke the curse of the sun and the moon. Yeah, haven't you heard of the Christmas sun and the moon? It's in a lot of different cultures. Yeah, it's it's all over the world, I promise you. You can look it up. It's Aztec. It's a shaman, you know? A shaman wrote it. Don't ask me how I know this. She says, like, please, please let me go. And he says, just answer the question and we'll get on with it. Now, Mama, I know you're weakened by the vervain, but notice how he said, and we'll get on with it, not answer the question and I'll let you go. Words are important. Yeah, this wasn't going to go well for her, but of course she can't see that at the time. Yeah, she says, is that all you want to know? And he says, that's all I want to know. And unfortunately, Caroline falls for it. And she says, it's this ring right here. That's how. And he says, great, take that off. So he takes it off and tosses it away from her. And she says, hold on. He said, okay, that can't be good. And he says, you know, your ancestors built this place for vampires. Everyone thought it was for prisoners, but obviously there's vein ventilation and reinforced steel chairs. Like, obviously it's for vampires. Also, there's this thing. And he points at some blinds. I thought he was pointing up to like a giant stake above her head or something. That's what I, like, I thought it was like a bunch of wooden stakes or something, or like one big stake. <laughs> but no, but no, it's just a vent. And Caroline says, hey, what are you doing? And he takes out a blood bag and he shows it to her. He says, hey, Want this? And veins appear because she does want it. Yeah, because she's been in there for two days and she's starving. And so he takes it away and he says, okay, well, here's the thing, honey. Blood controls you and this is how we're going to fix you. And she says, what? And he opens the blinds and burns her. So that's not good. So we're not off to a good start over there. Not liking him. Not liking this guy's whole thing. Not, not really vibing with Bill personally. For a little bit of levity, we go over to a Delena road trip, one of our favorite things. Favorite trope. 
so Elena's playing with her necklace, her ugly, ugly necklace. And Damon says, oh, I hope we find Stefan because we don't want our last memento to be that crappy necklace. And, you know, this is a little bit of a Chekhov's necklace because <laughs> we haven't really referenced it in a little bit, but we get a lot of attention on the necklace at the beginning of the episode that will pay off later. Yeah. And she got it back like right after the sacrifice. So it's like we did check in on it, but now it's like, hey, it, you can tell by the way she's playing with it. And he's mentioning it. I'm like, oh, we're going to learn where he got this, huh? Yeah. And Elena is defensive of the necklace. She says it's an antique like you got him. <laughs> yeah. G- good bit. Solid. Call him old. Love it. Holds up. And like, I'm sorry, Elena, antiques can also be ugly. Yeah, they often are. <laughs> Sometimes taste evolves. Yeah. <laughs> so Damon gives Elena a diary from Stefan's first time in Chicago, which you do have to love. Stefan was blacking out on blood every night, but he was still journaling manifestation is important yeah he said look i'm busy with killing but i gotta get home because i gotta write my pages i have to write about rebecca in my journal he's like i don't know if you know about this but i uh black out constantly and so i do need to write down the things i remember because or else i'm gonna forget stuff elena says like oh i don't want to read his diary i don't want to invade his private thoughts and damon says yeah but you kind of should be prepared and she says i've seen stefan at his darkest periods Girl, you mean Miss Mystic Falls when he chased a girl in the woods and didn't even kill her? Mama, you ain't seen shit. She is in deep denial because I'm like, girl, there's just no way. Like, and you can't possibly think that either. Yeah. And she says, I can handle it. And Damon, you know, wants her to really confront this. So he reads a little excerpt. He says, you know, I'm blacking out. I wake up in pools of strangers, but with women I don't know. And Damon says, what? Stefan's not a virgin. <laughs> Good bit, you know. Good bit. And Elena says, eyes on the road, grandma. And then she does read the diary. <laughs> it is good for her to read this because she should be confronting this a little bit. Yeah, she needs to know. And Damon says, okay, tell me if you see a Florida plate. So they're playing a little road trip game. Then we go back to the 1920s. A little party never killed nobody. Stefan is hanging out with his fellas. Apparently he's got a lot of male friends. Unlike Klaus. <laughs> And Rebecca is dancing with someone else and she approaches them and says, hey, shut up. Some of us came to listen to the music. It's a speakeasy mama. They came for the alcohol. It's the only place in the city they can get alcohol. People are going to be loud. Can you imagine going to a bar and being like, hey, some of us came here to listen to the touch tunes. Stefan says, oh, I'm so sorry, sweetheart. Are we offending you? Which is an oft gift line. You'll find that gift everywhere. Sometimes you can see a line and you're like, okay, I bet this was real big on Tumblr. Yeah, I bet the girlies ate this one up. And I could tell that from this episode. I was like, oh, this is in the 20s. I'm sure there are lots of edits here. Oh, yeah. To be fair, Stefan does look quite hot in the 20s. The 20s works for Stefan. It's a good time for him. That's what all that uh, fresh human blood will do for you. Really reinvigorates you. Exactly. The boys laugh because Stefan's got his little posse. They all support him. And she says... It would take more than a baby face to offend me. And the boys laugh at that, too, because they're like, oh, she got you, boy. She got you, Steph. Yeah. And he's like, "Ooh, I love a girl who shits on me. <laughs> exactly. So, ooh, she reminds me of Catherine. So he goes up to her and he says, hey, will you ever tell me your name? And she says, when you earn it. Now do Gloria a favor and put a sock in it. And then some more drinks get poured because, again, a little party never killed nobody. And we go back over to the present day. Stefan and Klaus come into Gloria's, but it's in the present day. So it's no longer a speakeasy. It's more of a dive bar. 
Gotta stand a female business owner who's kept a bar open this long. Love you, queen. Stefan cannot believe it is still here. And Gloria approaches and says, you got to be kidding me. She's not happy to see these two. She's like, I can't stand you guys. Klaus says, hey, so a hybrid walks into a bar and she says, shut the fuck up. You might be invincible, but that doesn't make you funny. She said, look, I understand other people are scared of you and scared to say this to your face. I don't fucking like you. She's like, I'm cheating death at this point. If you kill me, it's a favor. Yeah. She's like, I have lived longer than I need to go ahead and fucking kill me, you loser. And he's like, "Okay, hi. Good to see you. (laughs) Klaus, however, does smile, even though she is definitely antagonizing him. She says, oh, I remember you to Stefan and Stefan remembers her too. And he starts doing math that as the audience, we may also be doing. That's like, if she was alive in the 20s, she should full be dead because witches are not immortal. Yeah, I was doing that. I was like, did they not like think about the time that close? I was like, that's weird. But obviously they explain it. She says, yeah, I should be dead or at the very least, very, very old. But I'm a super powerful witch and I've slowed down the aging, but it'll catch up to me. Sure. Fine. I accept it. I understand they just wanted to be in the 20s and also have a witch alive. I get it. Yeah, I get why they're doing it. Fair enough. I'll allow it. So Klaus is like, hey, Stefan, go make us some drinks. And Klaus says, by the way, Gloria, you look ravishing. And she says, don't. She says, shut the fuck up. She says, listen, news has been traveling. I know you're a hybrid now and I know you're trying to make new hybrids. And he says, yeah, well, I just want to know what I'm doing wrong because I broke the curse. She says, well, you must have done something wrong. And Stefan is listening to this like, yeah, he did. He did. He super did. (laughs) She says, look, every spell has a loophole. But for a curse that old, we'd have to contact the witch who created it. And Klaus says, well, that would be the original witch who happens to be very dead, which, of course, Gloria knows. That's a little interesting thing to know that there is an original witch. I guess there has to be an original everything, you know, Mm -hmm. it makes sense. Gloria says, look, I can contact her, but I need help. The original witch is who she's trying to contact. She says, bring me Rebecca. And Klaus says, well, Rebecca's preoccupied because she's dead at the hands of her loving brother. And (laughs) Gloria says, well, Rebecca has what I need. So you need to get Rebecca for me. And Stefan says, I'm sorry, I have to interrupt because he's found a photo. And he's like, hey, what is this? And Klaus says, I told you Chicago is magic. And I was like, what could this photo be of? Like, I literally was not expecting what we were about to see. And Stefan turns it around. He's like, it's a picture of us. And it's a picture of Stefan and Klaus, like, smiling, looking really chummy in the 20s. They look really happy to be taking this photo together. Like, it's like, it's like a carnival photo booth type photo. Like, they're just laughing their little booties off. They have the biggest smile. Was this a shock to you? This was a shock to me. I mean, I assumed that Klaus, like, knew Stefan somehow again he's been too obsessed with Stefan to not have ever known him but I kind of assumed that he was like a secret admirer I know that's kind of a weird term for it well but that he had like learned of him through the grapevine because he famously killed a lot of people yeah like his reputation precedes him and he like kind of checked in on him maybe but I didn't really think they had ever hung out or even if they had talked it was like in passing. I did not expect this at all. So then we go over to the Forbes house. Liz is leaving Caroline a voicemail. She's like, hey, Caroline, sorry, I've, you know, I've been coming back from a couple all-nighters at the station, but I want to catch up with you. I want to have lunch. What's up, girly? As she's leaving the voicemail, Tyler knocks at the door and she sees him and it's like, ooh, what are you doing here? Thank God Tyler's watching out. (laughs) Someone's got it. So then we go back over to the cellar where Bill continues to torture his daughter. 
and she begs him to stop. And Caroline says, hey, listen, dude, I swear I don't hurt anyone. I can handle the urges. And he says, yeah, well, if you could handle it, then this wouldn't happen. And he shows her the blood bag in her veins appear again. Now, like, sir, you're not really giving her a fighting chance because you've been starving her for days. Yeah, you've been starving her and torturing her. So she's weak. So, yeah, she needs the equivalent of food. Yeah, you kind of stacked the deck against her to prove your point. And basically, he explains what he's doing, which makes sense. He didn't like outwardly say it before, but we can kind of get to this conclusion. But he tells us now he's basically conditioning her to associate vampirism with pain. And in time, the thought of blood will make her completely repress her vampire instincts. Caroline says, yeah, that's not possible. You can't change who I am. And he says, yes, I can. And hits her with the sun again. And I feel inclined to mention this man is gay. Does he not see the irony? Yeah, a canonically gay man is not noticing the clear parallels to conversion therapy. And it's also just like, it doesn't make sense. Obviously, conversion therapy doesn't make sense either. But it's like, he really is forgetting the fact that like, blood is their food. Well, but it is like, to be fair to him, he's not thinking rationally, because he knows the rational choice is to kill her. He's trying to find a loophole to not kill her. Yeah. Which I guess is better than him just killing her. But it is just funny because imagine if he was opening the blinds and she says, you can't change who I am. And he says, okay, I just made a connection. He said, huh, you know, when you put it like that, I think I'm doing something (laughs) kind of fucked up. (laughs) But he doesn't get that far. So then we go back to Chicago. Damon and Elena are arriving at Stefan's old Chicago apartment, which he still has. Maybe he's compelled it, whatever. The point is he has an apartment in Chicago still. Elena implies that the building is a dump, but Damon says it used to be right by an all-girls high school. This is the the last thing that's like, why are we doing this right now? I think that one is less aggressive because it's like, oh, Stefan's in his ripper era, whatever. Damon says it was shut down due to attendance issues. So I think the implication we're supposed to take from that is that Stefan killed a bunch of them, not that he slept with a bunch of high schoolers, which again, not better. It victimizes young women in a different way. But the vampire thing has always been like the sucking blood is always a very sexual thing. Yes. Less so on this show than others, but it is kind of like that parallel is still there. And it's like he couldn't have, you know, been next door to an all girls college or a nursing school. Even Richard Speck is looking less creepy at this point. Yeah. Like it couldn't have even been a college. Come on. (laughs) Come on, guys. And again, this show often doesn't have this like kind of weird early 2000s sexualizing female thing going on. So it's weird that it happens a couple times in this episode. Yeah. And like, it's already weird that he's dating a high schooler, but you ignore that. You ignore that because, you know, it's easy when everyone's in high school. Everyone's in one place. You get it. Yeah, we have to ignore that. We don't really need to call attention to that. This is his type. Maybe let's let's leave that hidden. Let's not do the pedophile thing, maybe. Maybe let's have Elena be the exception and not the rule. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Just a thought. (laughs) Okay. So it's just weird for this TV show to be doing that to us, but we sit through, we persevere. Elena says, you know, trying to scare me won't work. Mama, it's working. David shushes her and then pulls the doorknob off and opens the door. They go in. Uh, It's pretty clear that he hasn't been here, they assume, because- this dust, uh, whatever it's old, I don't know. Nothing's out of place. Yeah, whatever. And so Damon 
opens a shelf and reveals a secret closet with alcohol. Again, this was at the time of prohibition. Makes sense. Elena's like, big whoop, Stefan hit his alcohol. What do you want me to do? And Taman says, hey, look a little bit harder. And there's a list of names. And we find out it's a list of all of Stefan's victims' names. It's very serial killer shit. Eagle Eye viewers will spot Giuseppe Salvatore right up top. Oh, (laughs) that's funny. I mean, the list takes up the whole wall. And it's not a huge wall, but still. That's probably why he abandoned his apartment. He had moved to a bigger one. Yeah, he's like, man, I need more space. (laughs) I'm going to need a bigger wall. And so Elena tries to deflect to Damon. She says, okay, well, what were you doing in the 20s? Paving the way for women's liberation? And Damon just says, I was around. Chicago's a big city. Stefan was a cocky ripper douche, but he was easy enough to avoid. And I could indulge in my own Daisy Buchanan's. Again, we get it. Great Gatsby. Notable that Damon was you know, in the same city as Stefan. Yeah. You didn't have to be there, King. Yeah. There are a lot of places to go. Seems like you were following your brother. Interesting. And Damon says, well, I'm going to go to Stefan's old stomping ground. But Elena, you stay here while I come up with a plan. Now to moi, this seems like an incredibly stupid idea to leave Elena in an apartment that Stefan used to live in. Like, I understand that you might assume that Stefan and Klaus might not come here. But just put her in a hotel or something, dude. Yeah, I get that. Like, I think it would be dumber to bring her to the bar. Totally. I'll give him that. So of these two options, that's smarter. But also like... But he didn't have just those two options. Yeah, leave her in the car. Yeah. At the bar. Which, of course, realistically, Elena would leave the car. But she stayed in the apartment, so... Drop her off at the library. She's just reading the diary. Put her in the kennel. <laughs> so he leaves her alone and he says he'll come back when he finds Stefan. Newsflash, Elena's going to find him first. Yeah. I think Stefan will find her. <laughs> yeah. So then we go to Klaus and Stefan in some kind of warehouse with all the coffins, whatever, whatever. And Stefan says, Hey, how come I don't remember you? And Klaus says, You said it yourself. Those years were a blur. And Stefan says, Yeah, but if you knew me, how come you never said anything? And Klaus said, Okay, memory lane's going to have to wait, but I do want to walk down it. Yeah. Klaus is like, Well, we haven't really talked that much. Yeah. Every time we talk, it's like, You're like, Oh, please don't kill my girlfriend. Please don't kill my girlfriend. It's like, You didn't really give me a chance to speak. Yeah. You didn't really let me tell you all about how we're best friends. You didn't really ask how I was doing. Yeah. Like, it was stressful for me, too. Like, it wasn't just stressful for you. It's always, Klaus, why are you killing everybody? Not, Klaus, how are you doing? <laughs> why do you think I'm killing people? I'm not a happy person. I was like, Klaus, why do you have to sacrifice my girlfriend and all her family members and never like, hey, Klaus, want to see a movie? Come on. <laughs> so Stefan wants answers, but Klaus says, fine, fine, fine. Well, we didn't get off to a good start. You know, at first I hated you. So then we go back to the 20s. A little party never killed nobody. Where Stefan and Rebecca are both feeding on a woman at Gloria's. It's very sexual. And just in a booth. Like, no wonder y'all got caught. Yeah. They're both biting a different side of her neck. And then they come up and they make out. The woman is still alive. Good for you, girly. Then Stefan notices Rebecca's necklace, which, surprise, surprise, it's the necklace that he later gives to Elena. And Rebecca says a witch gave it to her and says it's magic because it brought her love. Well, (laughs) girl, (laughs) I don't know about all that. That magic is not that strong, evidently. And so Klaus approaches them in, you know, their little love haze and says, hey, Rebecca, time to go. And she says, no. And Stefan says, hey, who's this guy? I'll beat him up. And Rebecca says, "Mm, he'll kill you. He's stronger than he looks. And then we 
cut over to Klaus. His hair is gelled back. The 20s is not looking as good on him as it is on Stefan. And I don't really think that's fair. I think it evens out by the end of this episode. But in this shot, he does look like a little rat who just got pulled out of a toilet. <laughs> like everyone was like, oh, shit, a rat fell in there. Let's save it. And then he's standing there in a tux. That's yeah. literally what he looked like. I was like, oh. Yeah, it's getting flushed away. <laughs> Klaus says, oh, my God. So this is the famous Stefan Salvatore I've heard so much about. You're right. He does have funny hair. A devastating blow. So good. These guys being dudes. And Klaus says, I'm bored, Rebecca. I want to leave. And Rebecca says, OK, well, go without me. I'm not your girlfriend. And he says, no, you're my sister, which means you have to do what I say. That's a great little exposition we get there. And so Stefan says, your sister. So I knew another original vampire. Stefan's like, this is crazy. He's like, I was so shocked you existed. And apparently I knew two of you. I guess I could have been a lot more helpful. Yeah, damn. Um, And then Klaus says, can't handle it. Don't ask. And then he walks away. Klaus opens a coffin and Rebecca is there with a dagger in. She's all gray and veiny and she's wearing a clearly very 20s outfit, but not one we've seen yet. So the writing's on the wall for Miss Rebecca. Yeah. And confirmation here that there is more than one dagger because we know one is still in Elijah. Mm -hmm. So we know there's at least two. Do you think there's more? I think if there's two, there must be more. I mean, I assume in a coffin is an original with a dagger in it. In each coffin that we see. We've already seen two. Is this the same coffin room that we've seen already? Do we think? Or I mean, I guess we don't know that for sure. Well, it's not so much a coffin room as much as it is a storage container full of coffins that comes with them from city to city and gets placed in different warehouses. Oh. So if you imagine in every coffin, there's a there's an original with a dagger. It behooves him to know where all of those people are. Yeah, I guess it makes sense to bring it with him. That seems like a lot of work, but it's better than someone finding the originals and taking all the daggers out. Because mm -hmm. I think we know who killed them all. Yeah, because as we can see, they're not super happy when they wake up because there's one person who loves putting daggers in them. Yeah, I think they all got the dagger from the same person. I think that's an interesting assumption. <laughs> Klaus like touches Rebecca's face tenderly and Stefan says, huh, I don't recognize her. And Klaus says, don't tell her that her temper is worse than mine. And then he pulls the dagger out and says, time to wake up, girly. He says, don't tell her that she's a crazy fucking bitch. <laughs> and Stefan's like, ooh. Maybe don't wake her up then. Stefan says, put that dagger back. The last thing I need is another girl obsessed with me. And so while they wait for Rebecca to wake up, she takes a second. Klaus says it's because she's being dramatic. Stefan says, hey, why don't you just tell me what's going on? You obviously want me for a reason. So Klaus goes on to say, well, I learned some of my best tricks from you. So then we go back to the 20s again. A little party never killed no. Klaus and Rebecca and Stefan are all sitting at a booth together. It's very much meet the parents, but the parent is Klaus. And Klaus says, hey, why are you worthy of an original like my sister? Your bloodline is super diluted. <laughs> and Stefan's like, thanks. And Rebecca says, don't mind him. Nick is an elitist. So that's kind of fun. They're calling him Nick in the 20s. Yeah, that's funny. I guess he decided that was too casual. Yeah. <laughs> Heard to be scared of an all-powerful vampire named Nick. Yeah. <laughs> so Stefan says, hey, so where's the rest of your family? And Klaus says, well, I killed most of them. And Rebecca says, but not all. And Stefan says, hey, are you cool with that, Rebecca? And Rebecca, I hate to say it. If he killed most of your family, I don't know. Just be on the lookout is all I'm saying. So we have confirmation in this episode that 
Rebecca was killed in the 20s and hasn't been woken up since. And in the 20s, Rebecca knew that Klaus had killed some of their family before that. Do you think Klaus has killed all of his siblings at this point? And how long do you think they've all been dead? I mean, we know how long Elijah's been dead and we know how long Rebecca's been dead. But do you think all of his other siblings are dead? And do you think they were dead longer, shorter than the ones we know? I think they're all dead. I would assume that Rebecca is one of the last few just because she's with him and they're both running away. They're not like talking about getting another person. So I would assume she's, if not the last living one in the 20s, one of very few left. I mean, we assume Elijah's alive, but has disappeared from this at this point. Yeah. Where do you think Elijah is during this time? Why do you think he's not with his brother and sister? I'm sure it's something that like, you know, he already hated Klaus. Maybe he had an improv show or something that night. He is in improv one and he's like really method about it. He's taking it too seriously. Yeah. He's like, no, I have to go rehearse for improv. And they're like, that's not really how improv works, Elijah. His teacher's like, Elijah, you just got to get loose, have a little more fun with it. And he said, no. He said, no, I, that's not what I'm known for personally. So those aren't the characters I do. Anyway, sorry <laughs> to continue making improv jokes. <laughs> but where do you think Elijah is at this point? You already turned on Klaus. He already turned on Klaus. He turned on Klaus because Klaus killed a bunch of his siblings. And Rebecca makes a comment about this too, that she's like, you know, we all picked our sides at some point. Clearly Elijah picked a different side, but you have to imagine if he had another sibling who was on his side, like, We would have heard about that because if Elijah was able to not get killed by Klaus for that long, you would think if someone was on Elijah's team, they would have also been able to avoid the dagger. But who knows? Who knows for sure? I'll have to dig in deeper to figure it out. Yeah. Rebecca says that she chose the right side eventually, which is, of course, Klaus's side. And she didn't learn that lesson because later in the episode, she tries not to choose Klaus's side. And surprise, surprise, guess what happens? Yeah. Unfortunately for her, she forgot that lesson. (laughs) So then they're having fun and some guy comes up and he says, hey, where the hell is my wife? And Stefan says, I don't know. I give up. (laughs) He really has the 20s affect on, too. He's like, hey, where's my wife? See? (laughs) So then he starts to play tough. The 20s man, he says, hey, you think you're so tough hiding in your bar, drinking your liquor? I'm going to call Chicago PD. And it's like, "Okay, go ahead. And they full laugh in his face. He seems pretty hurt by that. He's like, "Okay, that's not fun. He's like, you're laughing? I threatened to call the cops and you're laughing? <laughs> Stefan says, hey, Lila, come here. And we find out Lila is his wife. He says, oh my God, thank God, Lila, we're leaving. And Stefan says, no, actually, you're going to sit down. And he compels them and they do sit. And you can see Mr. Liam, whose name we learned, he is like already freaked out because he doesn't know why he's sitting. <laughs> and yeah, he knows this isn't going to go well. Yeah. So Stefan, he does a little bit of a showman, a showman's performance here. He pulls off Lila's glove. And then he slits her wrist and just pours some of the blood into a martini glass. Super fun. And he says, okay, Lila, go bandage that up, sweetheart. And she gets up and does that. Klaus is watching this with just like boyish glee. Stars in his his eyes. eyes. He is giving her eyes emoji. Like, has no one ever put blood in a cup before? Come on. He's like, shit, that's where the champagne goes usually. Klaus is like, that's cool. He's like, that's dope, though. And Liam is a little shook. Stefan says, hey, I want you to drink this. And our 20s man, Liam, says, hey, what kind of sick freaks are you people? He's like, this is weird. I don't like this. He said, can I just be shot? He's like, I picked a fight with the wrong fucking table. And Stefan says, okay, drink. And so he does because he doesn't want to get killed. 
he clearly doesn't like it. He gags a little bit. Yeah, this is awful mean. This is awful. And Stefan says, hey, I didn't catch your name. And he says, go to hell. And Stefan says, oh, you want another drink? And of course, he doesn't want another drink. So he says, Liam, my name is Liam Grant. At the same time as Stefan saying this, I said, okay, have another drink, Liam. Yeah, (laughs) he set himself up. Liam should have seen that coming. And I'm sure Liam was like, okay, you know, I don't really know what I thought was going to happen. It is absolutely evil. I mean, you can see, here's the thing. The more you watch this show, because early in season one, Stefan is like, human blood is very bad for me. And you famously said he was holier than thou. And the more you learn, it's like, okay, this guy's a freak. It's like, this guy's really mean when he drinks human blood. Like, this guy really shouldn't have human blood. Yeah, like he just does the meanest shit and like laughs his ass off. Yeah, so this guy is drinking his wife's blood and Klaus and Rebecca and Stefan are laughing so hard. Like, this is the best. Like, this is better than improv. Yeah. They're like, I'm glad we missed Elijah's improv show for this. He's bad at it. They're like choosing their martinis and this man is like gagging on his wife's blood. And then, and they're like, ha 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 ha. And then we can assume because he learned his name, Stefan killed him after this. Which at that point, I'd be like, yeah, you can kill me. I'm good. Yeah, send me upstairs. <laughs> so let me go back to the present day. And Klaus says, I was literally your number one fan. And Stefan's like, that's super weird, dude. Yeah, Stefan says, why should I believe this? And Klaus uh, ignores that question, goes up to the security guard at this storage facility and says, hey, when Rebecca wakes up, you tell her to meet us at Gloria's bar and then offer your carotid artery and let her feed until you die. And the security guard says, awesome, deal. Got it. And then Klaus turns back to Stefan and says, you know, you think I'm lying, but we knew each other. You trust me with one of your secrets and I'm going to prove it. We're going to your old apartment. And you're like, ooh, that's not good. (laughs) Ooh, I know who's there and she's by herself. (laughs) So then we go over to Gloria's where Damon is. He enters and Gloria recognizes him. And he says, hey, Gloria, girly pop. If I knew you'd age like this, I would have stuck around. She says, you know, I always liked you better. The only person on earth who likes Damon better than Stefan. It's easy to see why at this time, though. Yeah, she says, your brother's still running in the wrong crowd and confirms that he was here earlier with Klaus, which she calls a bad combo. She's clearly seen some things. (laughs) She knows their friendship. And it's interesting because Damon, I mean, I guess Damon couldn't have known he was hanging out with Klaus or any of this. But Damon doesn't seem to clock that it's like they've hung out before. Yeah. I guess he assumes, well, he was in a bad crowd in Chicago. This is a bad person to be hanging out with. Exactly. He doesn't go through the logical jumps. Not much to think about. He's still looking for Stefan. And she says, you know, they're running an errand for me, but they'll be back later tonight. And she pours him some bourbon. Obviously, that's been his drink for a long time. And he says, don't be a tease, Gloria. What's the errand? And she said, no, you're cute, but you're still a vampire. I'm not going to tell you shit. Smart. Yeah. She says, we're not doing this today. She said, all of you dumbass vampires. That's why she got old enough to slow the aging process. Cause she's like, I'm not doing this. It's like, I'm not dignifying this King. All of them. She's like, none of you, none of, I'm having none of your bullshit. Yeah. She's like, I want absolutely none of this. And they're like, okay, fair enough. She, they said, we understand. Thank you, Gloria, for your time. So then we go back over to Stefan's apartment. Elena is sitting and reading an old diary of Stefan. He writes about a night in April, 1922, when Lexi found him and dragged him off train tracks because she wanted to make him care again. And then another entry in 1924 that Lexi is driving him crazy with animal blood. And in 1935, 
everything's getting easier. The cravings are there, but he's moving on. And Lexi's on her next project, getting Stefan to laugh will prove to be her hardest. <laughs> yeah. And she never succeeded before her death. <laughs> Corny, tomato, tomato, tomato. <laughs> and this is funny because so we finally have a timeline. It got easier after 11 years. And I'm sure Elena is clocking that. And she's like, huh? She said, that can't be right. Elena's like, hmm, don't love this. Yes, this is worse than finding out how many people he killed. And then if that's not bad enough, she hears footsteps. And then she hears Klaus's voice commenting on what a lovely homestead it is. And so she goes to hide in the hidden closet. Pretty good hiding choice spot, you would think, but uh, ends up backfiring. It's about the only place she can hide, realistically. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, she can't really do anything else. Klaus notices that there's no doorknob and goes in. And Klaus says, do you feel that? Is anybody here? And Stefan's like, I mean, it's been vacant for decades. I'm guessing people break in all the time. Why'd you bring me here? (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I mean, there's no doorknob and I don't live here. So like, yeah, probably someone's broken in. (laughs) Just odds. And Klaus says, remember Liam Grant from the story earlier? And of course we do because we just heard the story. And how could we forget? It was truly uh, sadistic and insane. Klaus says, you know, I could never figure out why you wanted his name. But then you told me about your special secret ritual. Because Damon has explained this ritual to her before, she realizes that she is in the manifestation of that ritual as a hiding spot. So she's panicking. Yeah, she looks over. She sees the name Liam Grant on the wall. She's like, okay, this may have been a bad call. Says, okay, not my best move, not my best move. And Stefan says, oh, yeah, I remember. I wrote down the names to relive the kill over and over again. And Klaus smiles because he thinks that is just so fun and cool. He's like, that is just so smart. He's like, my memory is not great. And if I had a little booklet full of all the names, that'd be so fun. He said, I am just obsessed with you. He's like, you are so cool to me. Klaus says, you've charmed me. (laughs) Klaus said, you want head? (laughs) (laughs) Then Klaus opens the secret door and gestures to the closet and says, believe me now. And then Stefan goes in to look at the list and Elena's there and they just look at each other. And Stefan kind of like does a little gasp, but he holds it together pretty well. You don't necessarily see an obvious thing on his face that someone's in the room, which is good. You can see Elena's trying to talk to him through her eyes like, hi, I love you. Please don't snitch. <laughs> and try to be like, hey, um, your humanity is still on and you you are going to keep this secret, right? Elena, you should have flashed him a boob. <laughs> Just one. He gets both when he comes back. And then Stefan says, hey, look what I found. And for a second, it's like, fuck. And Elena's like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) He's going to kill me. And then Stefan pulls out a bottle of 1918 single malt scotch. Men, huh? And he closes the closet. And Klaus says, let's go find someone to pair with. He, 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 he. And Elena's like, oh, my God, thank God. And Elena's like, okay, I hated that. So then we time jump to a little later where Elena is like behind a wall with a vervain syringe, like ready to roll when Damon returns. And she says, finally, I called you like an hour ago. He said the train was delayed. Damon tosses her her little bag and says, "Okay, make yourself presentable. I know where Stefan's going to be tonight. And she says, hey, remember, I was practically discovered by Klaus earlier and you're telling me to get dressed up. And he says, Okay, I had an hour to realize that leaving you here alone was a bad idea. I processed it. I've moved on. You okay? Yeah, he's like, okay, obviously that was a mistake. But like, he didn't find you. So what are we going to do about that now? Nothing. It's over. 
And she says, yeah, I'm okay. And he says, great, get dressed. So Damon says the plan tonight is basically that he's going to distract Klaus while she deals with Stefan at the time. We think it's like she's going to talk to him, but really the plan is to like knock him out and drag him home. I don't really know why they think that's a good plan, but whatever, we're not going to unpack it because it doesn't work out. Yeah, I don't know why they think that like Damon distracting Klaus is going to be enough. Like, do you think Klaus is really going to let Damon go before he finds Stefan again? But whatever. Damon says, by the way, though, you're going to have like five minutes tops before Klaus kills me. So like, are you ready to do this? And she says, yeah, yeah, of course. I got the dart right here, buddy. <laughs> it's in my hand. <laughs> I'm ready to do this as long as you got me my belt. <laughs> she says, tell me you packed me my belt <laughs> and my sexy powder blue ballet flats. So then we go back over to Gloria's. Klaus has returned with Stefan. And Gloria says, where's Rebecca? And Klaus says, she's coming. I can't conjure her on demand. And Gloria says, mm-hmm. And Klaus like looks at Stefan. He's like, what's with you? I thought Chicago was your playground. And he's like, well, I'm in a weird mood. I've had kind of a weird day. Yeah, he's like, I've been confronted with a lot of information that I'm really processing still. And Stefan says, is this why you wanted me to be your wingman so bad? Because you liked the way I tortured innocent people? And Klaus says, that's half of it. And Stefan says, well, what's the other half? And he says, the other half is you used to want to be my wingman. Klaus like, the other half is you actually liked me. And like, that's really hard for me to find. I don't know if you've noticed. The other half is that you used to think I was kind of fun and cool too. Yeah. You used to not be a downer. And so Klaus pours them shots and slides one to Stefan, which of course slides us back to the 1920s, baby. A little party never killed nobody. Klaus and Stefan are like drunk at the bar. And Stefan's like, no, your family's just jealous of you because they can never be what you are. They're just mad they don't have the amount of power you have. And Klaus is like, that is so nice of you to say, because that's what I think it is. But everyone keeps telling me it's my personality. Klaus says, oh, what? <laughs> like, I'm an abomination. And Stefan's like, no, you're a king. <laughs> He's fishing. Klaus is like, I'm just so stupid. Everyone hates me. Do you have anything to say to that? <laughs> what do you think about that? Do you think everyone hates me? And Stefan's like, no, you're so cool. And Klaus is like, oh, this is great. And so they're like hugging. They're so happy. And Klaus says, look at us. Two sad orphans. <laughs> like, Klaus, you have so many siblings. You just keep killing them. You're an orphan because you killed them. Which, to be fair, Stefan's an orphan because he killed his dad, too. So it's kind of the yeah. same situation, actually. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, Klaus is like, wow, if someone is my friend. He's like, I see what everyone's been talking about for years with friendship. Yeah. He's like, I get it now. And then they drink and Stefan clocks Rebecca looking longingly at him. And Klaus says, oh, you know, my sister fancies you, but I should warn you. She doesn't do anything half speed, including falling in love. So basically he's like, my sister's crazy. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you can see she's crazy, though. <laughs> and they laugh because they're like, that bitch is crazy. Ha ha ha. They say women be crazy. <laughs> yeah. And Stefan says, well, I appreciate the advice. And Klaus says, you know, I just also want to say inevitably when she leaves you, because she will, because she can't help it. That's who she is. Don't let your heart do anything stupid. I do not know what this comment means. Yeah, I thought that was going to be explained some way. I think maybe he was like, don't fight her on that because she she might kill you or like if she leaves, because I think Klaus was like, someday, if anyone catches us, we're going to have to leave. Like, don't, don't follow, follow her. her. But also like you would think Klaus would be like, please follow me. He doesn't want him to follow Rebecca because if he follows Rebecca, he can't follow him. Yeah. 
He's like, if you follow Rebecca, then if Rebecca ever leaves me, then I lose two people. Because if Rebecca ever leaves me, I'm going to kill her. If Rebecca leaves, then I have to kill her. And then I have to kill you. And I don't want to do that. Because I can't kill you with a dagger that can bring you back to life when I'm over it. <laughs> like, like I would have to kill you permanently. And then that would be sad because you're literally the only person who's ever liked me. Because you're literally my best friend in the entire world. <laughs> and Stefan's like, we met 20 minutes ago. <laughs> What if he had to compel Stefan to forget him because he was like, I just, I like really think you're like my best friend in the world. And Stefan was like, that's weird. And Kyle's like, oh, this is so embarrassing. I have to compel it away. Remember when you said that you were surprised that Stefan had any friends when we first met Lexi? Yeah. Look at this. This is ridiculous. It's <laughs> so funny. Here's the thing. People fall at Catherine's feet, but I get it with Catherine. I don't really get it with Stefan. Stefan definitely seems to have the Catherine effect. I mean, we've seen A, Elena fell in love with Stefan, obviously. Catherine fell in love with Stefan. Rebecca's in love with Stefan. There might be others. I don't know who's to say, who's to say. But Stefan clearly has some like effect on people. I mean, Klaus is like kissing the feet of this man. He cannot be the only vampire who kills people. I think it's that... Stefan like doesn't really care how much people like him when he's in his ripper face whereas Damon has always cared immensely what people think he wants it too bad yeah, he wants it too bad as a Damon I want it too bad that's why I can say that something about Stefan he is just popular and like Klaus is eating it up eating it up chomp chomp Stefan says you know Nick you're a good friend I'm glad I met you and they cheers and that cheers brings us back to the present day and Stefan is like, I cannot believe this. Stefan is like, I do not remember any of this. Stefan's like, I'm sorry, we were best friends. And Klaus says, to friendship. And Stefan like clinks it and they drink. And it's like, okay. And he's like, well, I mean, I guess I got to take this shot. <laughs> and then we go back over to the cellar uh, because we have to have a little bit of darkness here. We have to check in on Caroline. Bill is sitting with Caroline and he says, I want you to know when Carol Lockwood called and told me about you, I sat down and cried and she doesn't say this, but what she should say is, yeah, well, when I was murdered with a pillow by what I thought was my best friend, I wasn't too happy either. Yeah. When I was kidnapped by my dad, I also cried. <laughs> We've all cried. <laughs> when my dad tortured me, I cried. None of us are happy. And Caroline says, hey, listen, dude, I'm OK. I've learned to adapt. I don't need to be fixed. And honestly, I can't be fixed. And Bill says, well, I always taught you to try your best. So I need you to try your best now. She's like, no, I get that. But like, it's not possible. She's like, it's like you're telling me not to eat. He says, well, Caroline, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. Yeah, he said, nothing tastes as good as human feels. He holds out a blood bag and her veins don't appear. And he says, look, it's working. And she's like, I'm literally starving. Yeah, she's like, I'm just working really hard to keep the veins down because I'm good at it but I do want to drink it still. She's like, this isn't going to work. And I don't understand why you want it to work so bad. And he basically says it has to work. It's the only option because the other option is to kill you. And I don't want to kill you. And she's like, well, thanks for that, at least. I mean, damn. And then her veins appear because she wants the blood. Because he's been holding this bag of blood in front of her face for 30 seconds and she's hungry. And she says, sorry. And he notices that the sun has gone down. And he says, all right, well, we'll try again tomorrow. He looks at her, but doesn't say anything else. He leaves and he locks the door and he takes a minute in front of the door to like reflect on, you know, the choices that brought him here. And then a gun cocks behind him. Thank God it's Miss Liz Forbes. And 
Stephanie, she's won you over after she almost lost you. Yeah, she she lost me at the end of season two, but she's coming back. You know, thank you, Queen. She says, hey, Bill. And he says, hey, please put the gun down. And Liz says, hey, that's her daughter. She looks up to you and she loves you. And at this point, Caroline can hear this happening. And she's like, my mommy, she's helping me. I know. And Bill says, like, she will trust me to do the right thing. You have to let me do this, but not because she's a monster, but because we love her. Liz obviously knows now that that is wrong. So she calls for Tyler, who comes in. And Bill says, oh, you're not going in there. And just to make sure that he doesn't get too fucking fresh, Liz shoots her gun at the door and scares him. Yeah. And she's like, no, I will fucking shoot you. First of all, you divorced me and I had to reckon with the fact that I married a gay guy. That hurt my feelings. And I just kidnapped my daughter. So, no, I will shoot you. She says, go in, Tyler. And Tyler does go in. He sets Caroline free. He grabs her daylight ring and he carries her out. And Bill has to kind of sit with the consequences of his actions. Yeah, and Caroline is like deeply in pain. She can like not walk on her own. She's like barely like my ring. Like these people do be torturing Caroline. Yeah, Caroline is always getting tortured. It's so rude. So then we go back over to Chicago where Klaus and Stefan are continuing to drink just like old times. And Stefan says, Okay, so I am so confused. If we were such good friends, why do I only know you as the hybrid dick who sacrificed my girlfriend? And Klaus said, all good things must come to an end. <laughs> and then we go back to the 20s. A little party never killed nobody. Stefan and Rebecca are slow dancing and Klaus is sitting alone at a booth stewing because he's jealous that he's not dancing with Stefan. He's like, okay, I have two friends here. Neither of them are sitting with me now. So what's the point of this? He's like, this is so fucking annoying. And then there's like, you can see Klaus is like looking around for something. And then Chicago PD breaks in and shoots the place up. They're like, Chicago PD, Chicago PD. First of all, if you're just here for the alcohol, stop shooting your guns. But actually, they're not here for the alcohol. They do have to shoot their guns. Stefan and Rebecca duck down and they notice that they're using wooden bullets. And so Stefan's like, oh, so they know about vampires. And Rebecca says, that means he's here. And Stefan says, who? And Klaus says, time to go, Rebecca. So I got to ask you, Stephanie, who's he? Well, probably this investigator we see at the end. And this is just a wild guess based off it being two kind of wrinkly face men. Going to guess it's Forbes. Oh, interesting. I don't think it necessarily has to be someone from Mystic Falls. I'm sure there are other vampire hunters in the world, but we have to assume if it's someone on this show. It's related to someone we know. It could potentially be related to someone we know. So just based off this face similarity, that's what I'm going with. Forbes, gotcha. So Rebecca follows Klaus. She tries to wait for Stefan, but Klaus kind of pushes her out. And in the chaos, she drops her necklace. We'll get back to that in a second. There's that necklace. (laughs) Stefan goes to pick up the necklace, but before he can, Klaus says, hey, Stefan, I'm so, so sorry, but the fun is going to have to end here. He's like, oh, my dear, dear friend, I'm going to miss you so much. With tears in his eyes. Um, He doesn't have tears in his eyes, but he might as well. Klaus compels Stefan to forget both him and Rebecca until he says otherwise. And then he says, thank you. I forgot what it was like to have a brother. My guy, you had at least one. Yeah, you forgot because you killed them all. (laughs) Go wake one up. Pull out a dagger, King. You can remember what it's like to have a brother. You miss your brother so much. Go get one. 
But Klaus leaves and you can see Stefan, you know, the compulsion is setting. And Stefan looks confused. He's like, why am I at a bar by myself? Also, there's cops everywhere. Oh, pretty necklace on the ground. <laughs> so then we go back to the present and Stefan says, oh, so you compelled me to forget. Klaus says, well, it was time for me and Rebecca to move on and it was better for us to have a clean slate. And Stefan says, okay, but you shouldn't have to cover your tracks unless you're running from someone. Now, Klaus, you did kind of show your hand there a little more than I think you needed to. Yeah. Well, and Stefan's like, I thought everybody was running from you. <laughs> like, who the fuck are you running from? From what we've seen so far, it seems to be some sort of vampire hunter. Can that vampire hunter kill Klaus? That's a good question. I guess there must be a way or else he wouldn't be that scared. Mm-hmm. Klaus says, okay, story time's over. And he sulks a little bit <laughs> because he's like, the point of that story is that we were good friends. And all you seem to be focused on is that I'm running from someone. Yeah, he's like, aren't you like at all emotional that like we were best friends and like you had to forget about our wonderful friendship? Like, does that make you sad, though? He said, didn't that sound like really fun what I just described? And aren't you sad I made you forget because we had so much fun? Yeah, didn't it sound like we were really good friends? Like, don't you miss me? Don't you want to like beg me to give you your memories back? Do you want the memories back because you love me so much? I'll give them. I'll give them. You don't even have to beg. Just say the word. You don't even have to say the word. Just blink at me. <laughs> blink once if you want the memories back. <laughs> I'll wait. I'll wait as long as it takes for you to blink. Stefan's sitting there trying to keep his eyes open. And then Stefan from across the bar spots Damon at the door who calls him over. And Stefan says, okay, um, well, I need a drink, a real one. And so he basically says like he's going to go drink blood. I'm going to go kill somebody real quick. Which I think is not the best lie because Klaus could have feasibly come after him. Obviously, he didn't. So what does it matter? He should have told me he had to shit. I thought he was going to be like, well, I got to pee. So I'll be right back. Like, I really thought that's what he was going to say. This bourbon is going straight through me. Time to break the seal. Be right back. So then outside, Stefan attacks Damon pretty quickly and says, hey, what the hell is wrong with you? And Damon says, what's wrong with you? You kill Andy one day, you save my life the next. Are you good or bad? Pick one. And Stefan's like, I can't. And Stefan says, hey, Klaus almost saw Elena today. So you need to get her the hell out of Chicago. And Damon says, oh, she's not going to go anywhere until you're in vampire rehab. And Stefan says, she's the key to everything. Klaus can't know she's alive. She was supposed to die and didn't. And now he can't create new hybrids. And his witch is seconds from figuring that out. So tell Elena to go home and forget about me. And Damon says, tell her yourself. And we cut over to Elena briefly in this outfit that Damon was begging her to put on. It's her sexiest outfit. It's a very 2011 dress. It's giving Billabong. It's giving very much Billabong with powder blue ballet flats and one of those big woven belts. Girly. This belt is straight up the size of her face. It is so 2011. She said, this will get him back. She said, okay, I have one shot to get Stefan to love me again. I know exactly what I'm wearing. <laughs> she said, I have one weapon at my disposal and it is my unimaginable sex appeal. Yeah. Inside, Gloria says, all right, last call as Damon sits next to Klaus. And Klaus says, oh, I see they've opened the doors to the riffraff. And Damon says, honey, I've been called worse. <laughs> yeah, Damon's like, you're going to have to say something else to hurt my feelings. And this is why Klaus really hates Damon, because Damon is actually Stefan's brother. <laughs> yeah, and Stefan likes him. And he's not as scared of Klaus as Klaus feels like he should be. He's like, I have threatened to kill you so many times. Why do you keep showing up in front of me? Klaus is like, not only are you not, 
afraid of me, but you stole my best friend. You stole my brother. How could you do that to me? And Damon's like, what? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, Klaus. And Klaus is like, (laughs) So Klaus says, oh, you don't give up, do you? And Damon says, if you give my brother back, you'll never see me again. And Klaus says, never. (laughs) Klaus is like, I've never had a brother like want to protect me. So this makes him so mad because he's like, why do you care about your brother? I don't have a brother that cares about me. This doesn't make any sense to me. (laughs) Not a single one of my brothers would come hunt me down in any situation unless they want to kill me. That is the only reason Elijah found me. (laughs) Because he wanted to literally pull out my heart. Yeah. Klaus says, okay, look, I promised Stefan I wouldn't let you die, but how many freebies did I really sign up for? And obviously you want to die or you wouldn't be here. I have to follow Klaus's logic on that one. It is like you're asking a lot of Klaus to never kill this guy who keeps coming back. Like who keeps bothering him. And so Damon's like, well, I'm a thrill seeker. So Damon gets the thrill he seeks when Klaus chokes him and picks him up. Yeah. So then we check in outside with Stefan and Elena. And Stefan says, hey, Elena, you really shouldn't be here. And she says, where else should I be? And the answer is home. Mystic Falls, Virginia. And Stefan says, what do you want? Because Damon can't distract Klaus very long. And she touches his face tenderly and she says, come home. And she hugs him. And it's like, oh. And he hugs her and he almost relaxes into the hug. And she lifts up a Vervain syringe and almost gets him. But he stops her because he senses it because she hugs him. And he's like, why is there only one arm? Oh, (laughs) she lifts her arm nice and high to put the syringe in. Yeah. But doesn't go fast enough. And he says, oh. Hey, girly, how much clearer can I make it? I don't want to come. Then we go back inside. Klaus has lifted Damon by his neck and some bone snaps. And Klaus is like, I don't know what that was. And then he takes his little umbrella toothpick. Because of course Klaus has a drink that has an umbrella in it. For all we know, honestly, I would not be surprised if Klaus was like, can I just have a whiskey neat and put an umbrella in it? Yeah, definitely. He was like, I just like a little fun. But he probably did have a Mai Tai. He's like, ah, Chicago. He's like, ah, Chicago reminds me of the beach because he's like confused. (laughs) He like can't keep the city straight. He doesn't know geography. And Gloria's like, whatever, here's your umbrella, dude. I don't care. She's like, you can have what you want. I don't care. As long as I don't have to talk to you. So Klaus takes his little toothpick umbrella and he says, I'm a little boozy. So forgive me if I miss your hurt the first few times. So he stabs Damon a couple times with the toothpick. And even though it is a toothpick, it does seem to be hurting Damon quite a bit. He gets pretty close to his heart. And then Damon says, hey, if you want a partner in crime, take me instead of Stefan. I'm so much more fun. And Klaus says, impossible. And Klaus is like, how dare you say that about Stefan? How dare you say that about my best friend? And Damon's like, what? So Klaus tosses Damon over to the floor and grabs a chair leg and says, you're not going to be any fun when you're dead. Not his best line, but he's a little pissed off today. He's a little overwhelmed. A lot has happened. And he lifts up his stake to get ready to stake him. But Gloria sets it on fire. And Klaus says, really? And she says, not in my bar. Take it outside. I don't ask much. She's like, I don't like you. Go kill him in the alley. Don't do it on my floor. (laughs) I don't want to clean that up. Klaus says, you don't have to negotiate your brother's freedom. When I'm done with him, he won't want to come back. Because I'm his best friend and I'm going to hook him up with my sister so he can never leave me. And he's going to remember how much he liked hanging out with me because he did like me. Because we were best friends. I've been holding on to that for 80 years. He likes me. (laughs) I'm getting him a new girlfriend. Like, I feel bad about the other one. I'm getting him another one. I can't help that he was dating the one girl I needed to kill. Yeah. I didn't want to do that to my best friend. 
He's my best friend. He understands that. He knows that I would never do anything to hurt him. We're best friends. <laughs> so then we go back outside where Stefan says, okay, look, Klaus is obsessed with making new hybrids. And once he knows you're alive, he's going to figure out why it isn't working. And she says, look, I know you're trying to protect me, but I can't let you come home with me. Mama. I hate to say, we don't know for sure that this is the reason the hybrids aren't working. I think that's a great thing we should bring up. That's what they're all assuming, but we don't know that. It's obviously a likely reason, but like, it just might be that that spell only allowed for one hybrid because they were like, no, that's ridiculous. Why would there be a million more? And Klaus just didn't understand that loophole. Yeah. Like that could very well be the reason too. So, you know. Because to be fair, Elena did die. The doppelganger did die. She just came back to life. I understand like maybe like Klaus would be mad and he would kill her for revenge if this happened, but it's not like he can kill her and get the, that to work. Like he broke the curse technically. So yeah, it's like over. I don't think killing her would make the hybrid work. That's just me. I think that's an interesting thing to bring up. And he says, what do you expect will happen if I come with you? Because it's never going to be the same. And she says, I know that. And he's like, no, actually, I don't think you do. I've left a trail of innocent human bodies scattered from Florida to Tennessee. And Elena says, yeah, but Lexi found you like that in the 20s and saved you. First of all, Mama, you know, Lexi. Just kidding. She's very nice, but (laughs) she's very nice. But Lexi has a different understanding of how to get him out of that because she was a vampire. Like Elena's just not. She doesn't have that same understanding. She never will. It's no shade to Elena. And Stefan, you know, says something along those lines that basically communicates the same point. He says, yeah. And after that happened, you know what I did? I spent 30 years trying to pull myself together to a vampire. That's nothing. But that is half of your life. He's like, I don't think you really understand how long it is. He's like, I never gave the timeline before, but it took a long time. Yeah, he's always been very cagey about the timeline. Which is a sign that it's long. Yeah. And Elena's very much like, love can conquer all. We can get through this. And Stefan's like, no, though. Like, it's very hard for me. She says, like, I can't give up on you. And he says, that part of my life is done. I don't want to see you. I don't want to be with you. I just want you to go. It's a classic white thing scenario. He says, get out of here, you dumb dog. Get! Go on, get! It's exactly what he's doing to her. And she's like, oh my God, am I getting white fanged by my boyfriend? She's like, are you kidding me? So he leaves. She stands there and cries. Didn't go well. So then we cut to the car where Elena is sitting shotgun, sulking and playing with her necklace, Chekhov's necklace. Damon comes back and says, hey, are you okay? And she says, just drive. She says, no, I'm not. She says, do I look okay? She says, I don't have Stefan in the back seat. So what do you fucking think? Oh, are, are you Stefan or are you Damon? <laughs> I think you know how I'm doing. Speaking of people who are not doing so good, we go over to the Forbes house. Caroline, I guess she's doing better. She drinks a blood bag that her mom brought her and she says, thank you. And Liz says, look, Caroline, your dad, our families, we have beliefs that have been passed through generations that we were taught to never stray from. And Caroline says, yeah, I get that. But you did. You strayed. And she's like, yeah, I'm kind of the exception, though. Yeah. Liz is also like, yeah, you taught me to see things in a different way, but I didn't do it right away. Lest we forget. Remember when I killed Jeremy? Yeah, I had to kill a teenager before I figured it out, girl. So it might take a little bit. But the heart of it, and this is what Caroline says, is that she just thought that her dad was the one who got her. And this is something we haven't really unpacked since season one. But she always felt closer to her dad than her mom. And so it's probably hard for her. Yeah, she never felt like her mom and her were close. It was just like, oh... I have to be in Mystic Falls, whatever. But like my dad is who I'm closer with. 
And then to have it very like obviously blow up like, oh, my dad actually like doesn't respect me the same way my mom does. Like I've been building up this one person in a different way. That's right. And Liz says, look, he did get you and he will again. It's going to be fine. And then Tyler comes to the doorway and Liz is like, okay, I'll leave you two alone. You little lovebirds. But before she leaves, Caroline says, hey, mom, thanks for believing in me. It's so sweet. It's very cute. She leaves and Tyler says, okay, so would now be a bad time for me to give you crap about sneaking out on me? <laughs> nice, nice attempt at levity. Yeah, a little bit of comic relief. She laughs. Doesn't stave off the tears very long. He gets in bed with her and they cuddle and she starts to cry. And she says, my dad hates me. And he hugs her because he's like, been there, girly. <laughs> my dad hit me. Yeah. It's like my dad actively hit me and hated me, but he's dead. So who won there? So then we go over to the warehouse with the coffins. Klaus goes over to a coffin that is empty. It's the coffin that Rebecca was in, we can assume. And then he sees the security guard dead on the ground. So he knows that Rebecca was up. So he's like, hey, Rebecca. It's your big brother. Good morning. She sneaks up on him and she says, go to hell, Nick. And then she stabs him with the dagger that was in her body. And then we flash back to the 20s again. A little party never killed nobody. Klaus is about to get in a car. He says, hurry up, Rebecca. She's like standing, just like looking in the distance. And Klaus is like, okay, we got to go. We've been found. Let's move. And she says, no, he's going to be here any minute. I have to wait. And Glass is like, no, I can tell you with certainty he won't be here. (laughs) I'm telling you, I absolutely know Stefan's not coming. He literally doesn't know who you are. (laughs) Klaus is like, look, we have to disappear. And Stefan will draw too much attention because he's so charming and cool and fun. (laughs) He kills people in such a fun and cool way that everyone's going to be paying attention to him and everyone's going to be in love with him. Everyone wants to be Stefan's best friend. So we have to leave him behind because he's going to attract too much attention because I love him so much. If you love something, you have to let it go. She says, hey, what'd you do? And he says, yeah, we don't really have time for one of your tantrums, but he doesn't know who you are. Yeah. And she says, I don't want to run anymore. All we do is run. I want to be with Stefan. And Klaus says, okay, fine. Choose him or me. And Rebecca says, Stefan. (laughs) She doesn't say anything. And he says, that's what I thought. Get in the truck. And she says, goodbye, Nick. I'm choosing Stefan. And he says, what the fuck? That's my best friend. If anyone's going to choose Stefan, I'm going to choose Stefan. And I already didn't choose Stefan. So we're not going back. I already gave up Stefan. Now you have to give up Stefan because if I can't have him, I don't know why you would get to. So he stabs her with the dagger. She dies a la Elijah. Yeah. It's all gray and veiny with the dagger in her. And I think Klaus has made his point. Klaus does seem to be the type of person that as soon as anyone's like, I think I'm going to go do my own thing for a while. He's like, no, you fucking won't. He said, you're going to come with me even if you're dead Will you do it. Yeah. He's like, first of all, you're not allowed to know anyone else or like anyone else. I'm the most powerful original. Why do you not want to be with me? He has to be everyone's best friend. He's like the second someone likes someone else more than me. Dead. Death. Death to all of them. It's just going to make me insecure. I don't have time for that negativity. If you don't love me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. He's like, if you are not riding with me, all the time, then you will die. And that's a promise. So then we go back to present day. Klaus pulls the dagger out of his own chest and he tells Rebecca not to pout because she knew it wouldn't kill him. And she says, yeah, well, I was hoping it would hurt more. And he says, okay, Rebecca, I understand you're mad at me. So I'm going to let this go just this once. Plus I brought you a peace offering. And then he says, come on in. 
And in comes Stefan. Rebecca immediately recognizes him. She's like, oh my God, Stefan. Because she's been dead since she saw him last. So it's been like an hour for her. Yeah. Klaus goes up to Stefan and compels him. And he says, okay, now remember. And he does. All his memories flash back really quickly. He says, Rebecca. And he walks toward her. And then Klaus says, Stefan. And then Stefan uh, turns and looks at Klaus. Yeah, he's like, no, no, remember me? Remember me? Klaus like, I will not be made a third wheel. Rebecca will be the third wheel. I'll kill Rebecca so fucking fast. You can count on that. Here's what I want to ask. Do you think that Stefan is going to have feelings resurface for Rebecca that might make him a little bit more endeared? Do you think remembering is going to affect his relationship with Klaus, Rebecca, etc.? I think that he has always viewed his like Ripper personality as a very different person, different personality. So I think... Like, if his humanity stays on, there's still going to be a very different feeling associated with, like, Rebecca versus Elena. Mm -hmm. But I do think the fact that he had these, like, friends when he was doing this Ripper thing, you know, is going to make it a little bit more comforting to be there. And the more comfortable it is for him to be there, the harder it is for him to leave. Yeah. And I think especially because he knows that by staying with Klaus, he's protecting Elena in a way, it definitely makes it a easier situation for him but i i think it kind of endears him to them but i also think he's very he can still keep that distance yeah he's really separated from who he was like i think he knows he was like yeah i was like in love with her i don't even know if he was in love with her did he know her that well but he was like i was really into her when i was like a horrible person so like i don't know that that's useful but then there's also the flip side of that that it's like well she was super in love with me even though i was this horrible person which like is kind of what he's always looking for yeah you know the same way that klaus was always looking for it too so honestly grizz with feather here yeah and when stefan looks at klaus he remembers a memory so we flash back really quickly to the 20s a little party never killed nobody and stefan tells the photographer at the bar he says hey take a picture of my brother and me and klaus and stefan take a picture together it's the picture we saw at the bar earlier with her smiling and being cute and klaus's hut is just pitter-pattering and then back to the present, Stefan says, oh, my God, I remember you. We were friends. And Klaus says, we are friends. <laughs> Klaus is like, that's what I've been saying. Klaus is like, come on, man. Then Klaus turns to Rebecca and says, OK, here's why you're here. Gloria says you can contact the original witch. What do you have that Gloria needs? And Rebecca reaches for her necklace and she's like, where's my necklace? And now that Stefan remembers Rebecca, he remembers where he got that necklace. And he also remembers... That he gave it to Elena. And you can see him be like, oh, God. Yeah, you can see him be like, "Eh, no. He's like, that's not good. And so he's watching this and he's like, okay, I better keep this one to myself. He says that memory would have been a lot more helpful 15, 20 minutes ago. Yeah. And Klaus says, Rebecca, tell me that's not what she needs. Tell me that's not what she needs. Rebecca, not you losing the one thing we need. You fucking crazy bitch. And then both Klaus and Rebecca kind of throw a tantrum. (laughs) Rebecca's like throwing her coffin. Klaus is screaming. And Stefan is just sitting in the corner like, oh my God, what the fuck? Super wide-eyed, like, why did I give Elena the worst possible necklace? Like, how do I get her to get rid of that necklace? So then we go over to the Salvatore house. Damon has finally arrived home and he's, on the phone with Catherine and they're catching up. And he was like, you were right. He was in Chicago. And Catherine says, let me guess. It ended in tears and heartbreak. She's like, for you, not for me. (laughs) 
And Damon says, hey, where are you? And she says, well, I want to come rub sunscreen on my back. <laughs> A little misdirect by this thing. Mm-hmm. He says, I think Europe, maybe Italy or Spain. And she says, keep guessing. Bye. And then she hangs up and a siren goes off, which transports her back to the 20s. A little party never killed nobody. The cops are raiding Gloria's. They're collecting all the alcohol. Catherine walks up to Rebecca's necklace on the ground. We pan up and we see the most heinous bob wig you have ever seen on Nina Dobrev, a crime. It took me the longest time to recognize her because the hair was so bad. It did not work. I don't doubt that Nina Dobrev could pull off a bob. I know she can. But this wig, no one can pull off that bob. If Nina Dobrev can't do it, no one can. Yeah, there's no hope for the rest of us. Yeah, throw that wig out. But then she hides because Stefan approaches and Stefan sees the necklace. He says, ooh, pretty. I'm going to pick that up. He says, ooh, sparkly. He says, I don't know why, but I think this would look great on a girlfriend. Yeah, it's so funny that to Stefan's knowledge, he just found this necklace on the ground. And like, it is an antique whatever, but like that he just gave Elena a necklace he found on the ground. Like, don't get me wrong. I pick up shit off the ground. I am not above that. You can find really cool stuff on the ground. People drop cool stuff all the time. Yeah, if you're really looking for it. Like People are always dropping cool shit. I get it. You can find awesome stuff on the ground. So no shade for picking stuff up off the ground. But then he was like, this is my heartfelt gift to Elena. I guess he had just met Elena. Like he had relatively, like he had just felt about vampires. So maybe he's like, well, then at least if she hates me and takes this necklace with Vervain, like away from me forever, at least it's just a necklace I found on the ground. At least I'm not out 50 bucks, you know? Yeah, I didn't have to go to the store and buy one. After Stefan picks up the necklace, a cop goes up to Stefan and says, Chicago PD. And Stefan says, I'm not afraid of you, even though he just stole a necklace. <laughs> the cop says, I'm not here for you. He says, I have no interest in you at all. Just because every vampire is obsessed with you doesn't mean I am. Yeah, he's like, you're no Catherine Pierce. He holds up a sketch of Klaus and Rebecca, which barely looks like them, by the way. He says, you've seen these two. Stefan says, I've never seen them before in my life. And he's not even lying. Yeah, he's actually telling the truth there because to his knowledge, he hasn't. And the cop says, wrap it up, boys. We're through here. And so the cops leave. Stefan pockets the necklace and Catherine watches and sneaks away. So then we go back to the present day. Catherine walks out of the phone booth and a bus goes past. And on the bus, it says, you know, Chicago's best jazz, 91.7. She hails a cab and gets in. So we know that Catherine is in Chicago. And that's where we end the episode. Yeah, she's like, I'm finding Stefan, baby. She says, I gotta get to my improv class. (laughs) Oh, shit, I'm late. (laughs) So that's the end of the episode. Do you think Catherine's gonna find Stefan and Klaus like what do you think Catherine's plan is in Chicago just to be around or you think she's going to get involved somehow she must be wanting to get involved somehow I think she probably is like well I could save Stefan just because Damon and Elena can't but I also think it's worth mentioning that you know Catherine has been running from Klaus for 500 years she's been hyper aware of his movements so it's not crazy that she would know who he's running from or know that he's running from something Mm -hmm. I think that's a good point because, you know, she's following him. She's probably like, why did he leave all of a sudden? You know, like, why did he leave Chicago that night? Just because of a raid. It's prohibition. It was a raid all the time. So she must know more about it. I don't really know what her goal is because it's not like Klaus particularly likes her. I don't think Klaus is like hunting her down to kill her. But I think if presented with the opportunity, he would. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be like actively wanting to kill her anymore because it is kind of all's well that ends well. Like, yeah, but I think he has no interest in her. And I think 
Catherine could potentially get Stefan out of this situation because no shade to Damon and Elena. She is smarter than them. Yeah, it's true. But I don't think she'd want to get Stefan out this early, frankly, because if she gets Stefan out, she wants to make sure that either he won't go back to Elena or even if he does, she's already dating Damon. Yeah. So there's no point in getting him to escape yet. But do you think Rebecca being in the picture, a new suitor for Stefan might complicate that for Catherine? That could. It depends kind of how Stefan reacts to this. Catherine's like that blonde bitch. (laughs) Yeah, because Catherine, I'm sure, is aware of who Rebecca is. Because also we know that like she knew Stefan was in Chicago, but he didn't know she was there, obviously. He thought she was dead. So she's aware of his little path and probably his life and who he was dating and whatever. But I don't know what she wants from it. As always, I have no idea what Catherine ever wants. Yeah. Impossible to read to me. Yeah. I love her too much. I can't, I can't see. Yeah, I think she's just being nice. I'm like, I just think she's having fun. I think she's just hanging out. Drinking drinks, eating apps. <laughs> <laughs> having tapas. Yeah. Catherine's just having fun. Let's see what she does. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to ask, you know, Rebecca's a new original. And so we have to assume that she may become a bigger character. So what are your first impressions of Rebecca as a new character, yeah. you know? She's obviously a little bit of a, a wild card. She obviously has a bit of a temper compared to Klaus and Elijah, who are relatively muted personalities on the whole. Yeah, Klaus does have a temper, but he absolutely is in control of when he gets angry. It does seem that Rebecca is very like led by her emotions, which is odd for a vampire. Yeah, so she clearly, that humanity's clicked all the way on, baby. <laughs> it's turned up. She somehow got her humanity to be stronger. She said, turn this shit up. (laughs) And I think she's kind of a difficult one for Klaus to have around because clearly she's a little crazy. She's a little volatile. No shade to her. Love it. Love a crazy girl. But that's my first read on her. I do think because she's a little volatile, that is also a problem for Klaus in the way of like, what if she just is like, you know, who I would like to see Elijah or like whatever other sibling. She's like, hey, wake up Elijah, would you? Yeah, there's a good chance she could be like, "Mm, I want to go hang out with someone else. Or that, you know, somehow she gets in contact with other people who want to get Stefan away from Klaus. She's like, well, I want to get Stefan away from Klaus because I like Stefan more than Klaus. Like, I think she's kind of a dangerous person for Klaus to have around. Which is probably why he didn't really want to wake her up. (laughs) Yeah, I think for Klaus, the justification is like getting whatever to figure out how the hybrids work, but also something to kind of keep Stefan around and in line. But I do think she will backfire for Klaus in some way. Interesting. Well, that's the end of this episode. As always, if you are enjoying The Vampire Diaries and Doppelgangers, tell your friends and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And also you can leave a five-star rating and review on Spotify Podcasts now. So do that as well. If you listen on Spotify, just found that out. That's exciting news. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. So until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Thank you.